Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. You should check out the NPR One app for your phone for an exclusive preview of the next episode of Invisibilia. Find the brand new episodes of Invisibilia, stories from your local station, and more great podcasts on the NPR One app. It's on your app store now. From NPR and WNYC, live from Central Park Summer Stage, it's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. In honor of the 30th anniversary of Summer Stage, our show has a bit of an 80s theme. You know our VIPs, our very important puzzlers from the cult classic film that satirized summer camp in the 80s, Wet Hot American Summer. And now they are back. Our VIPs are the cast of the new Netflix series, Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp. But let's go to our first game. It's called Totally Rad Sayings. And here to play it are Rob Eigenbrod and Tony Malakowski. Now, it's interesting to learn that both of you are trained voice actors. You have something in common. Uh, Rob, you work on something I didn't know before, story running gigs. Yes. What are those? It's kind of like running to a movie soundtrack, but somebody's telling you about an action sequence and you're running along with it. To motivate me. It, It motivates you to run faster. Okay, now, Tony, what kind of stuff do you do in the voiceover world? I am a teacher, so I get to use my voices all the time. And are you good at any uh, impressions or anything? Oh, let's see. How about, it's not easy being green. Nice classic. Very classic. Actually, I can do R2-D2 as well. Oh, yeah, we need that, clearly. Are you, uh, do you ever slip a little bit of slang or lingo that you enjoy into conversation? Well, usually uh, I like to throw in quantum. Quantum. Because a lot of people don't actually know what it means, but it makes you sound smart. (laughs) Do you actually know what it means? Oh, yeah. It's the smallest possible amount of anything. Quantum. Quantum. Right, and they think it's the other way around. They think it's the largest. Right, they think it's huge. Right, right, right. Right. So you throw it in, and then they don't know. Right, like I have just a quantum of pity for you right now. (laughs) And they're like, thank you so much. You really understand me. I have a real quantum of pity. Well, if you remember the 80s, it doesn't matter if you were an airhead, a boy toy, a mall chick, or a burnout. If you didn't know your 80s lingo, you were a total dweeb. So in this game, we're going to give you some literal translations of some classic 80s catchphrases, and you have to give us the original bit of slang. So, Jonathan Colton, I'm sure you threw around some great lingo back in the day. Can you give these people an example? Yeah, sure. Back in the day, my lingo was super fresh, all of it. So if I said, we're going to Disneyland, that's completely long, round, and hollow. The answer we'd be looking for is totally tubular. And the winner will, like, totally move on to, like, the final round at the end of the show. All right? Sweet. Sweet, dude. Totally. Ew, are you wearing a plaid shirt with skinny jeans? Force me to vomit with a utensil used to stir, measure, or eat. Rob. Gag me with a spoon. (laughs) Yes. You said that sort of like an angry father, by the way. (laughs) Like, are you okay? I totally heard a thud. Oh no, I am prostrate on the ground, and I am unable to return to an upright position. Rob. 
I've fallen and I can't get up. Yes. Remember that old lady lying on the floor? Yeah, with that, oh, like boy. an entire country started mocking yeah. this poor lady. <laughs> Good times. I'm totally wigging out that Brad didn't call me. Relax, Ophira. You should just consume a small capsule that will fill you with a sensation of coldness. Tony. You should take a chill pill. <laughs> yes, that is correct. I think that's Xanax is what the uh, name of that is, right? We finally just... <laughs> it's the brand name, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just called it something. Do you want to go see Corey Hart live in concert tonight? No, I'm just going to sit in front of the television and take root like an edible plant. Tony. I'd rather be a couch potato. Ooh, yeah. Interesting, yeah, interesting. Was... I think we have to go to the judges on this yeah, one. Yeah, let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung. What do you think of that? Oh, that's a good guess, but that's not the one we were looking for. Rob, do you have an answer? I am going to veg out. Yes, yep. that is what we were looking for. You're really going to wear your hair in a banana clip? Whatever, geez. Like, explain the nature of the injury or harm to your person. Tony. Like, what's your damage? Yes! You're grounded. No Donkey Kong for a week. What? That's completely counterfeit or fraudulent. Tony. That's so bogus. <laughs> yes, it is. Would you like some gluten-free ravioli? Yuck. That is disgusting to the utmost quantity possible. Tony. That's like Grody the Max. That's right. Tony lived in the valley. All right, this is your last clue. Do you want to go to prom with me? The theme is leather and lace. Totally. Moderately cold legumes. Tony. Cool beans. <laughs> That's right. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Art, how did our contestants do? Well, Rob and Tony, you are totally two righteous dudes, but Tony's moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. Let's say hello to our next contestants, Mary Kenna and Jason Hall. So this game is titled The Tin Age of Television. As you might remember, the 80s weren't exactly a high point for television. Do you remember the first time, Jason, you watched a show on television, you were like, oh yeah, this is actually great. I would say The West Wing. The West Wing, the West yeah, Wing. that turned it around, right? right? Mm-hmm. How about you, Mary? I'm going to go with Aaron Sorkin to The Newsroom. Newsroom. Oh, so you were more... Uh, I held more out. Rec- you held out for a while. Well, uh, as you also might remember, I think, the 80s had a lot of high-concept television shows, like A Car That Talks, or An Alien Who Eats Cats, or Miami Cops Who Fight Crime Without Wearing Ties or Socks. I know, how did they do it? In this game, we're going to read you short descriptions of 80s TV shows, and you have to tell us if these were actual shows or shows we made up. There's no need to buzz in because we will just alternate between the two of you. Okay, so let's start with you, Mary. Manimal. Handsome, wealthy Dr. Jonathan Chase fights crime using his superpower. He can shapeshift 
into any animal he chooses. And because special effects in the 80s sucked, any animal meant a hawk or a panther. It was a show. You're saying that was a real show? Yeah. Yes, it was. (laughs) Mr. Smith, an experimental potion gives Cha-Cha the orangutan the ability to talk and an IQ of 256. So naturally, he goes to Washington, D.C. to become a political advisor, which is a weird and complete waste of such a high IQ, but (laughs) there you go. Uh, That sounds pretty fake. I'm going to say that's fake. It does sound fake, but it is real. I'm sorry. I know. It's a real show. I know. The the chimp's name's Cha-Cha. It has a super high Q, and it changes its name to Mr. Smith. Doesn't seem possible, right? Seems insane. Why would you drop (laughs) Cha-Cha? Yes. You were born with Cha-Cha. Yeah. I married Dora, Mary. Single dad, Peter Farrell, depends on his housekeeper, Dora, who's in the country illegally, to keep his family together. When she's about to be deported, he does the only thing he can do. He marries her. Not a show. Oh, oh, that was a show. That was a show. Illegals were hilarious in the 80s. Jason, this is for you. Fish out of water. Lawrence Fish is a high-powered attorney in Malibu with a cigarette boat who gets disbarred after sleeping with his client's wife. Disgraced, he is forced to move to his hometown of Omaha where he takes over his family's furniture business. I'm going to say that's real. I think that sounds real. It uh, does not sound real, and it is fake. (laughs) I'm sorry. Mary, home before dinner. Stay-at-home dad Charlie Sanders invents a time machine from spare parts in his garage. When Freckles, the family dog, activates it by accident, Charlie and his twin girls Holly and Jamie go on the adventure of several lifetimes. Featuring Don Rickles as the insulting voice of Freckles the dog. That was a show. That's not a show. That's fake. I'm sorry. That was fake. We made that one up, but I love that you wanted it to be a show. Don Rickles, man. Don Rickles as a dog. Just insulting everyone. Don Rickles. Yeah. Everyone loves Don Rickles. All right, Jason. Mr. Merlin. If King Arthur's trusted wizard were alive today, where would he be? According to this sitcom... He's an auto mechanic in San Francisco, saddled with a bumbling apprentice named Zack. Can Merlin teach Zack to use his magic wisely? The apprentice's name is Zack? That's right, Zack. <laughs> totally fake. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a real show. No. <laughs> so just to be clear, in Mr. Merlin, Merlin is hiding himself by calling himself Mr. Merlin. Yeah, what's that? They're like, are you the wizard? He's like, no, no. No, no, no. I am Mr. Merlin. (laughs) Mary, the B-team, a spinoff of the A-team, most notable for the absence of its stars, Mr. T and George Pappard. Remaining team members, Face and Murdoch, run a detective agency out of an alligator farm in Tallahassee. Yes, that was a show. I'm sorry, that was not a show. Okay, Jason, this is for you. Automan, that is short for the automatic man. Automan is an artificial intelligence program that can create a hologram of itself and fight crime. <laughs> oh, let me finish. Automan's best buddy is Cursor, a floating polyhedron that can create objects out of light, like, for instance, the autocopter, 
the autoplane, and the redundantly named autocar. Is that real or fake, Jason? Uh, I'm going to say that's fake. It is real. It is a real show. (laughs) I cannot believe what has happened. Amazing. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? Well, I'm not sure I can call either of them winners. (laughs) But Mary, by a score of one to nothing, you're moving on to the final round. Coming up, the music of 1986, Earworms, it's way back into our brains. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another comes from LearnVest. LearnVest is an online financial advice company focused on empowering people nationwide to make smart decisions with their money. If you want to know how aggressively to pay down your student loans, LearnVest can help with that. If you want to know how much you should put aside for saving or contribute to your retirement account, yep, they're on it. They'll create a custom financial plan. Plus, they'll pair you with a financial planner to help keep you on track. To see a sample plan and get a $50 credit, go to learnvest.com another. Hey, guess what? NPR's Invisibilia is back with a brand new season of stories about the invisible forces that shape human behavior. And this week, hosts Ellie Spiegel and Lulu Miller journey to an Ohio prison to explore whether our personalities are as stable as we think. You can listen and subscribe to Invisibilia at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and I'm here in Central Park, along with our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Our next game is called Your 86th, and here to play it are Mary Column Carrion and Haley Mae Block. Haley Mae, what is the best 80s song, in your opinion? Well, my... Favorite 80s song is Mesopotamia, B-52s. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Mary, how about you? A little less esoteric. Um, Aha, Take On Me, the best 80s song ever. All right. So if you were just tuning in and you were wondering why this show has an 80s theme, it's because we are honoring 30 years of Summer Stage, which is the largest free performing arts festival in New York City. Yes. I'm going to sing you songs from 1986, the year that Summer Stage was born, with the lyrics rewritten to be about a celebrity who was also born that year. So celebrities who are as old as Summer Stage. For one point, identify the celebrity. For a bonus point, identify the song. If you can't get one of those points, your opponent can steal it. And the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. You ready? Here we go. Red hair. Child star, everyone knows who you are. Did rehab the tabloids pride, the paparazzi stayed nearby. Oh, you played the twins when parent trap was redone. Oh, yeah, her be fully 
loaded freaky Friday was fun but you were gonna have to face it Mean Girls is number one <laughs> Haley May Lindsay Lohan that is correct do you know the name of the song no oh Mary do you know what it is Addicted to Love it is Addicted to Love Maybe they say, I think this is how the game's gonna go. You're gonna know the thirty-year-olds, and we I'm can know share. <laughs> it's a war of attrition. <laughs> All right, here we go. Canada-born, Degrassi fame. You go by your middle name. Bottom to here, you got rapper claim. You go by your middle name. Haley May. Drake. Drake is and the answer. And that was Given Love a Bad Name, right? Wait, shot through the heart, shot through the heart. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that would be You Give Love a Bad Name, and oh. that is by oh. New Jersey's best, oh Bon Jovi. Yeah, that's correct. And not really New Jersey's best, that would be Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> Just to set the record straight there. Haley May, that was your, that was your chance. That um, was your chance. You had it, you had it, and you were close, but. Uh, yeah. But you got Drake, that's good. You got Drake, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. And that was his middle name. Did you know that? Because his real name, I know this as a Canadian, Aubrey Graham. Can't make a rap name out of that. Uh. <laughs> no, I can't think of how to make a rap name. <laughs> you, can't have, you can't be a rapper. Drake, thank goodness for that guy. Here we go. Baby, don't understand How you run so damn fast Your name is like your brand oh Your sprint time, world record speed Jamaica's proud of you indeed Olympic gold Haley May Usain Bolt Usain Bolt is who we were looking for. But now you can go ahead and name the song. Usain Bolt, Mr. Mr. Broken Wings. Yeah, that's right. Something wrong with my buzzer. Something wrong with your buzzer? (laughs) Weirdly, you guys are as consistent as the last uh, game, (laughs) except in a different way. I mean, I'm not counting, but they're at a tie, right? Well, yeah, she keeps getting the person right, and Mary keeps getting the song right. You you know only one of you can move on, right? (laughs) And you have a show on HBO All about four female friends But not sex in the city, no Though a lot of times you're naked Aspiring to writing alter ego Hannah's killing time for sure that's what Brooklyn's for <gasps> yeah that's right Mary Mary uh, Leah Dunham and uh, that's what friends are for wait what what did she say can you what repeat the first name, name? I pronounced it the way that her name is Le- Leah Dunham. Dun- you feel like she's got it. She's got to uh, have it. Dunham. Well, Dun- yeah, yeah. Dunham. I mean, <laughs> What's I th- the first name? What's her first name? L- Leah. Uh, Lee. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Ellie May's like, I got it. I got it. 
I don't know. I gotta I, go to Archana. I don't know. What do you think? Are you, are you I, gonna... I feel like I don't want to tie. <laughs> I understand. But I, I feel like she doesn't know the name exactly. Uh huh. Okay. I'll give her one point. I, sorry, you just you're close, but it is not Leah Dunham. Hail, Haley, Haley, may do you know? Lena, Lena Dunham. It is Lena Dunham. I know, Mary. That's a heartbreaker. It is. That's a heartbreaker right there. <laughs> it is. All right. This is uh, this is your last clue. So uh, somebody better get a point that the other person doesn't get. <laughs> Used to be on Full House, where you just played one baby. Now you've got a fashion line, fancy, and you're worth tons of money. You guys are twins, fraternal. No, you're not quite the same. Yeah, you were twins, you fraternal. Also known as dizygotic. <laughs> Haley May. Uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. And no, I don't know the song. Oh my goodness. Mary. It's perfect. Do, it's you perfect. Know, do you know the name? You have to guess this right to keep it a tie. Otherwise. <gasps> Mary. Mary, what happened to you, Mary? I want to be your... Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something. Y- yes. Uh... That is very close, except you did not say any words. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Let's talk. Let's talk One of those words up. is love or lover. Or slave driver. Ooh. Ooh. Closer. <laughs> Closer. I think that it was actually the innuendo of the song. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Uh, I oh, no, wow, I'm this is sorry. really this is really breaking my heart, Mary. Yep. But that is that is incorrect. Uh, it doesn't even matter if Haley May knows the answer. Who knows the answer? Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer is what we were looking for. A song by Peter Gabriel. Art Chung, I think I know the answer, but how did our contestants do in this game? It was a heartbreaking end. But congratulations to Haley May. You're moving on to the final round. Our next game is called Yo, 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 and here to play it are Yoa Vardy and Paul Sukasian. Yoa, I can't believe we put you in a game called Yo, Yo, Yo. Yeah, um, I was called that for a lot of my life. You were, co- really? Yo, Yo was a consistent nickname. Instead it's of very po- easy. <laughs> so everyone just be like, Yo, Yo, Yo. Mm-hmm. Paul, you're visiting from Philadelphia. Nice to have you. What is the weirdest thing anyone's ever yelled at you on the street, Paul? I'm actually in the suburbs, so I don't get much screaming at Aww. me. It's a more genteel place. I mean, the worst it gets there is maybe, like, nice Honda or something like that. I don't know. That's pretty uh, mean, though. Yeah, but yeah, since, I know. Yeah, you got a Honda. Oof. That is sarcasm, by the way. Yoav, how about you? Um, well, I used to live and go to school in Oxford and wear the ridiculous kind of black gowns. And so, because of the glasses, I got a lot of, oi, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. But, you know, in my mind, that would be a compliment. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you were like, thank you. Uh, in this game, each answer is going to begin with the sound yo. So, of course, we want you to shout that yo like a real New Yorker, like yo. Uh, let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung, to give us an example. So if I said this world-famous cellist has won 15 Grammys, the answer would be yo, yo ma. <laughs> or yo, yo ma. 
Or no. yo, yo, ma. Yes. And the winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Dating at least as far back as ancient Greece, this toy relies on the principle of angular momentum. Paul? The yo-yo. No. <laughs> it was great acting. The, the, uh, the answer is correct, but you can have a little fun and go, yo, yo. Oh, oh yeah, that, that. Yeah, right. All right. Next question. You might try this kind of rapid switching between head voice and chest voice while you hike through the Alps. You have. Yo, the ling. <laughs> <laughs> Though he sounds like a Hall of Fame Yankee catcher, this Hanna-Barbera cartoon character lives in Jellystone Park. Paul. Yogi Bear. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. Yes, Yogi Bear. <laughs> This word is an acronym for a phrase that roughly translates to just do it. Yo of. Yo, low. <laughs> I like the breaks. I like your pause. I like your delivery. Yo of. Uh, YOLO is correct. This national park located in Northern California is famous for its granite cliffs such as Half Dome and El Capitan. Paul. Yosemite. <laughs> there you go. Yosemite is correct. An accomplished painter, performance artist, and musician, this New York resident collaborated with her husband on the album Double Fantasy. Paul. Yoko Ono? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not good at this yo thing. It's, it's I'm all, in the suburbs, remember? It's okay. It's okay. I'm, I feel like you have a lot of soul in there, Paul. Yoko Ono is correct. All right, this is your last clue. Take milk and ferment it with some bacteria to get this very cultured dairy treat. Yo of. Yo, gut. <laughs> yes. Archung, how did our contestants do? It was a close game, but Paul, congratulations, you are moving on to the final round. For a game called Candy Crush, we have James Robinson and Patricia Blumenauer. Do you have a candy bar that you just can't resist, Patricia? So I'm not a big chocolate person, okay. so I typically go for the Take Five because it's got lots of different things in it to detract from the chocolate flavor, like pretzels, peanuts, peanut butter, caramel. Oh, to detract from the chocolate flavor. That is an interesting phrase. <laughs> It's like chocolate is like medicine yeah. to you. <laughs> How about you, James? I'm a big Twix fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Does that go way back? Actually, it does. Uh, it goes back to the Seinfeld episode where George had a Twix stuck in the vending machine and it got taken, and he was very upset about it. And that's when you're like, I'm going to start eating Twix. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I think we're going to find out more. Yes, in this game, we are going to mash up celebrity names with the candy or chocolate bar we imagine they would love. These are not official celebrity endorsements. <laughs> you have to tell us the name of the new rebranded candy. So let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung, for an example. If we said a rapping rock star shouts ba with a ba as he battles the tart, acidic flavor of his favorite chewy candy, the answer would be Sour Patch Kid Rock. It's okay. It's all right. Relax. <laughs> Here's a hint. The name of the candy will always come first followed by the name of the celebrity. And then you just put them together. 
Okay. Ready? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's play. Judge for yourself, but the second woman to serve on the Supreme Court has ruled that this mix of peanuts, caramel, chocolate, and nougat appeals to everyone. James. Baby Ruth Ginsburg. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, yeah we'll take that. Yeah, okay, yeah. RBG, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Ruth, okay, yeah, yeah. Baby Ruth Ginsburg, Baby Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Fine. Either way, you get the point. All right, you did it. I'm a lawyer, so I should have known that. You're a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> I should go by her full name. Uh, well, if you ever meet her, you can call yeah. her Baby Baby Ruth. Yeah. She'll love that. She'll love yeah, that. I don't think she likes that. I don't think she likes that. <laughs> a longtime co-host of The View jokes that sometimes she feels like a nut, and she doesn't mean Jenny McCarthy. But rather, this coconut-based treat covered in milk chocolate. Patricia. Almond Joy Behar. That's right. Mm. I'm just saying Almond Joy would be a great stripper name. Um, (laughs) What about mounds? (laughs) That's good. That's our chunk, ladies and gentlemen. It was right here. Yeah. I really had to hit that. I'm going to find out later how long you've been thinking about that. This actor and Let's Make a Deal host seems like such a nice guy, but as Dave Chappelle learned, he might choke you if you take away his caramel chocolate and nougat bar. I got it. Patricia. (laughs) Milky Wayne Brady. Yes. This man versus wild host battles his inner child over his love of these rainbow-colored, animal-shaped, chewy gelatin sweets. Patricia. Gummy Bear Girls. You got it. The tattoo artist star of L.A. Inc. has famously broken off two engagements, but now she's inked a deal to break me off a piece of that milk chocolate and wafer bar. Patricia. Kit Katmandi. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, and this is your final question. He may have written James and the Giant Peach, but this author loves his oblong chocolate-flavored chewy candies. Yeah, I know. I don't know um, what these things are made of, but if you ask me, they're made of corn syrup and pieces of extension cords. <laughs> Patricia. That was helpful. <laughs> Tootsie rolled out. Yes, exactly. Puzzle Archung. <laughs> yes. How did our contestants do? Well, Patricia knows her way around the candy store. Congratulations, you're moving on. <laughs> All right, now please welcome to the stage our special musical guests. They turn 80s hits into old-time Americana. It's Brooklyn's own DeLorean Sisters. One, two, one, two, three, four. Talking away, I don't know what I'm to say. Yeah. 
Jonathan Colton. Coming up, we'll get some camp counseling from the cast of Wet Hot American Summer. Live from Central Park, this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another also comes from Whole Foods Market. This week, Whole Foods Market is having sales. But this week isn't really special because every week, Whole Foods Market has sales. They'll put yellow stickers and signs all over the store so you can find the highest quality food at the best price, including meat and poultry from farmers and ranchers committed to quality and taste, and organic produce grown without toxic pesticides. So keep an eye out for the yellow the next time you shop and visit Whole Foods Market to see this week's specials. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and from the Netflix series Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp, please welcome writer and director David Wayne and actor David Hyde Pierce. Yes. All Hi. right. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Thank you. We're glad to be here. I watched the new series. It is hilarious. I just, you know, when the 2001 movie came out, it became a cult classic. What made you decide this needs a prequel, David? The movie was so much fun to do. Uh, and even though it was a commercial disaster, the, the group of people that worked on it, like my friend David Hyde Pierce right next to me and all the rest of them, uh, we all loved doing it and wanted to do it again in some way. And we talked about it for years and years. And it just seemed like now that it's 15 years later, we should do a prequel because the actors at the time were already 10 years too old to play teenagers. <laughs> and so now it's another 15 years. The uh, series takes place on the first day of summer camp, whereas the movie was the last day of that same summer. So it's two months earlier. Two months earlier, but 15 years in the 15 future. Years. <laughs> and you can't tell. You can't tell. You cannot tell. We all look the same. Well, it's amazing that you assembled everyone from the original cast. 
Yeah. Plus added all kinds of other fantastic people, Jason Swartzman, John Hamm, Kristen Wiig. I mean, with the first time round, David Hyde Pierce, you yes. were doing Fraser. Mm -hmm. uh, you did not have to take this job. It's not no. like you were like, I needed the work. That's right. How did they convince you? It was, it was a huge mistake. Um, no, I, you know what? I read the script. Uh, two things I did. I read the script, and I thought, oh, this is really funny if it gets done right. And then I got to see, um, back then, videos of uh, the state of David's sketch comedy. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, that was it, because I saw he knew how to do this right. So that's why I did it. And I had such a good time, and I got to say dirty words. Right, so it was a different kind of humor, too? From yes, it was. Although, you know, it was, it was the only kind of humor, because it was based in reality, um, stretched beyond belief. Were you shooting just around everyone's crazy schedule and putting people in different... We, we made it our business to say to every single member of the original cast, come whenever you can, and we will figure it out. And we did. Really? And I did, yeah. So what was the, uh, what was the most high-pressure situation with dealing with any one of these stars that you had? David Hyde Pierce was a real jerk. <laughs> I was the only one. Everyone you were else, the only one? Bradley Cooper, everyone else was really nice, but I was, <laughs> I was holding out. And when you shot the movie in 2001, uh, it was actually at, at the summer camp in Pennsylvania. Yes. And you guys camped there. We lived in the cabins, everyone did. It was, it was our first movie for so many of us, uh, both behind and in front of the camera. We ate the camp food until the crew revolted, and then we had to get in food from the local restaurant. Why? What were you being served by it the camp like cooks? It was like camp food. It was disgusting. Right. It was like Valley Forge. <laughs> like it when was, you have, and it was that cold. When you have canned food that has expired already, like it, must, it means it's been sitting there for 10 years... If, and it's bad. Mm. <laughs> so, so the cast revolted. It was, the owner of the camp was not happy that we turned his property into a giant mud pit right before camp started. <laughs> and, and what did you do Thank to you. Uh, make that better? We said, we are so sorry. <laughs> we don't have any money, and we certainly have no way of fixing this. It's impossible, so we're really sorry, and uh, hopefully it'll be a cult hit, and you'll get back in touch with us in 15 years. And did he? Yeah. He did. <laughs> When we started uh, talking about the Netflix show, he was like, hey, come on by. That's hilarious. So all is well. But you didn't shoot this, this series at that Pennsylvania camp? No, we uh, shot it on the West Coast in California because that's where many of us have uh, migrated to since then. But the, uh, we did shoot actually one shot at the original summer camp location in Pennsylvania, which was David Hyde Pierce's house. Exterior. Really? Right. Yeah, I wasn't there. It was just the exterior. But you, you felt like I was there. That's how good he is. The magic of editing. Now, in addition to all these stars and all the stars that came back to do the series, obviously you had to cast a lot of kids. David, did you interact with the uh, kids and explain uh, any of the rules of life to them? Uh, I didn't explain any of the rules of life to them because I still don't know them. But, um, yeah, I had a great group of kids that I sort of worked with. I was kind of the physics teacher at camp, right? Yeah, Astrophysics. Well, you had the indoor kids where it's your whole yeah. domain. And, you know, yeah. the indoor kids has become a thing that people call themselves out in the world now. Oh, really? Well, that's because cool. Because of you. That's cool. And yet here we are outdoors. 
That's the final irony. Yeah. Just think about how deeply ironic that is. <laughs> well, you brought a, a ton of cast members with you from the movie. We are very happy to have that. So you guys get to relax for the game portion. Right. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. And everyone has Thanks to watch it. It's so funny. Our VIPs, Enjoy. David Wayne, David Hyde Pierce. Thanks, darling. And from Wet Hot American Summer, we have our cast members playing in two teams. One team is Zach Orth and 80 Miles. And our other team is Judah Friedlander and Ken Marino. You guys. So happy to be happy here. To be yeah, here. that's great. We crafted a quiz for you guys that has, is 80s themed. Uh, what is your favorite toy from the 80s? I like the. Let's uh, go with the Atari 2600. Now Atari 2600. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Yep. That was a good. That was answer. a good answer. Because when we think of the 80s, we think of those long summer afternoons where you didn't want to spend it outside. Why? In the heat and humidity, you wanted to spend it inside. I actually played my Atari outside. I, 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 like, <laughs> I prefer to be outdoors and sweat with the elements. So your quiz is all going to be about toys. And this game is called Batteries Not Included. We're going to reenact some classic 80s toy commercials. And you have to tell us the products that are being advertised. You ready? And you get to ring in. Oh, we are, great. Yeah. They said it wasn't humanly possible, but now you can have all the power and excitement of Nintendo. Right in the palm of your hand. It's portable. It's in stereo. And its games are interchangeable. Plus it comes with the outrageous new game. Tetris! Game Game Boy. Game Boy. I think Ken Marino was first. He he, he buzzed. I forgot to buzz. Game Boy, though. Game Boy, right? Yes. Game Boy. AD and Zach, you got it. You're correct. Zach said Game Boy. Did you say Game Boy? I did, but I forgot to buzz in. Oh. You didn't buzz in, so it doesn't count. You didn't buzz doesn't in. Doesn't count. It's okay. Doesn't count. It's I buzzed right. in. You game didn't buzz now. in. We buzzed in. We get the point. Thank you. <laughs> I don't care go. who wins, but we oh, definitely man. buzzed in. I love the 80s! <laughs> <laughs> she's as lovely as a flower, but she has a secret power. A magic sword in one stroke, and she's got the strength of a tower. The fate of the world's in the hands of this beautiful girl. This is Princess Adora, sister of He-Man and her gentle horse, each jolt separately. Judah. With the assistance from Ken Marino. Yes. My answer is She-Ra. <laughs> yes, your answer is correct. Did you have a She-Ra by any chance, Judah? No, I didn't have any toys. No, <laughs> you were not allowed. How about you, Ken? Yes, I had many. <laughs> Did you have He-Man? I'd like to leave it at that. Okay, very good. I had good. many she Very good. She's teaching her brother, B-R-O-T-H-E-R. That is right. They're learning new words, but don't tell them they're learning. They just think they're having fun. New from Texas Instruments. 80 miles. Hooked on phonics? No, Ho- did you say hooked on phonics? Yeah, I did. No, no, no. I, that is a great answer, but that is incorrect, God. but I love it. We got it. Speak and spell. That is right, Ken Moreno. I still use speak and spell when I get into a difficult situation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Each of these kids is different, and you can pretend to adopt them. My baby has a real diaper. They're each one of a kind, and you can give them all your love. You're the only one for me. I love you. Each doll comes with a pretend birth certificate and adoption papers from Calico. Judah. Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I know you guys got, you were, yeah, you, it's sometimes no, we, just the we, buzzer. We started buzzing in like 1982. <laughs> All right, this is your last one. Who's on the watchtower? That's Jungle Trooper, codename Ricondo. And Manning the Howitzer? That's the flamethrower, codename Blowtorch. And who's by the bivouac? That's the dog handler, codenamed Mutt, and his dog, Junkyard. Well, they've not seen the last of Cobra. Watchtower, Howitzer, and Bivouac each sold separately. What are these things? Please, Ken Marino, tell us. Yeah. G.I. Joe? Yeah. No. I think if you check the records, it's hooked on phonics. I don't understand why the dog handler is named Mutt and the dog is called Junkyard. Should be the other way around. But whatever. Puzzleger, Archug, how did our VIPs do? Ken and Judah, you guys win. <laughs> do they really? Do they really win? I don't think so. Thank Let's you. hear it for our VIPs Ken Marino, Zach Orth, 80 Miles, and Judah Friedlander. Central Park! NPR! NPR! F-P-R! F-P-R! Oh, you went for it. <laughs> now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back Tony, Mary, Haley Mae, Paul, and Patricia to play our Ask Me One More final round. Our puzzle guru, Art Chung, will lead this final round called Why You Buggin'? In this final round, every correct answer will contain the name of a bug. And just so I don't get any angry emails, by bug, I mean any insect, arthropod, or arachnid. So if I said, when he's not shooting webs around New York, this superhero shoots photographs as Peter Parker, the answer obviously is Spider-Man. We're playing this spelling bee style, get it? So one wrong answer and you're out. For your prize, you'll receive an Ask Me Another Sleepaway Camp Care package filled with all your puzzle camp needs. Here we go. Tony, it's typically an outdoor bazaar where vendors set up tents and tables to sell merchandise. Right, flea market. That's right. Mary. One of the world's best-selling automobiles, it was first manufactured in Germany as the people's car. The Volkswagen Bug. You got... Ooh, sorry, can you try that again? Beetle. All right, we'll give that to you. <laughs> Haley May, this old English sport involving bowlers and wickets inspired the American game of baseball. Cricket. You got it. Paul. It's the English translation of the title of the popular Mexican folk song, La Cucaracha. Cockroach? Yep, that's right. <laughs> Patricia, this 1986 sci-fi film stars Jeff Goldblum as a scientist whose teleportation experiment goes awry. The fly? That's right. <laughs> We're back to Tony. Tony, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie Bucket found this shiny prize in a Wonka bar. Golden ticket? Yep, ticket. That's right. Tick. Ticket. There you go. Yay. Mary, this cult sci-fi series created by Josh Whedon was canceled after just 14 episodes on Fox. Firefly. Well done. <laughs> Haley May, creme de menthe, gives this cocktail its signature green color. Three seconds. <whistles> Sorry, step aside. Let's see if Paul knows the answer. 
Is there a bug in absinthe? There is no bug in absinthe. I'm sorry. Patricia, do you know the answer? Grasshopper? That's right. We have to say goodbye to Hallie Mae and Paul. Back to Tony. Michael Jordan is the majority owner of this North Carolina NBA team. Charlotte Hornets. That's correct. Mary. Alfred Nobel took this explosive material's name from a Greek word meaning power. Antimonium? That is not a thing. (laughs) I am going to go to Patricia. Anthrax? That is a thing, but not what we're looking for. Tony, if you know the answer, you're our grand winner. Dynamite! Well done, Tony. Congratulations, Tony. You get an Ask Me Another special camp care pack. Enjoy your prize, and thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. And that is our show. Thanks so much for playing. You can check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another. And come see us live or apply to be a contestant. Just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now Jolta Cannon. Additional puzzle writing by Greg Lightman, Josiah Madigan, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Denny Shin. And his ins. Lena Mazitsis. L.A. is Minizitz. Mike Katzif. Me, Tika Fez. Annabelle Bacon. And Abba Clone. And Mackenzie Austin. Ask me Auntie Zinc. Along with Anya Grunman. A damn angry nun. Our executive producer is Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Kristen Muller. Ask Me Other was created by Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank the City Parks Foundation. Panicky Nature's Food. The DeLorean Sisters. 13 Deer Lassos. And our production partner, WNYC. CYNW. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, Big Frida, the queen diva of bounce music, tells us about getting the call to collaborate with Beyonce. Her publicist called and said, Beyonce want to speak to you. Is it okay to give it a number? I'm like, is it okay? What the hell? (laughs) Yes, call right now. Why didn't you let her call first? (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.